Good day to everyone. I pray that the Spirit of God is keeping you in perfect peace only if you are setting your mind on Him. So today is December 26, 2021. And as I said in the earlier video that I did sometime around 2 a.m., we have five more days left this year. And as we are bringing this year to a close, my desire for you is that you are drawing closer to the Lord. So so my hope is that where you started off in the beginning of the year, that you're not. Like, if you started off wavering, if you started off inconsistent, if you started off um, not diligent, worrying, dealing with high levels of anxiety, I pray that as you take a look at these at these last few months and as this year, you know, that you've stabilized yourself by the grace of God, that the Spirit of God has stabilized you. With that being said, as I was, I want to share a quick testimony before we go into today's message. But as I was in prayer this morning, as we were worshiping the Lord, I got to a point of repentance. So we do understand that we don't just go into the presence of God ready to give. The Bible says, don't be so quick to give a sacrifice of fools. You know, don't be don't be so quick to go into the presence of God, but don't but also don't be so quick to leave the presence of God because he does whatsoever he please. But as I was entering into the presence of God this morning and as I was worshiping the Lord and as I was repenting and asking the Lord to forgive me for my sins, he brought up situations that that were that were old. He brought up things that I did, and he made known his displeasure about those things. Now, I do know that in order for a person to make it into heaven, they need to be born again, and they need to be baptized. In the same breath, I do understand that to whatever degree, children who die in sin may not go to hell, depending on their awareness of God. So if a child is five years old and they are aware of right and wrong, and they are aware, they are aware of their decisions, then, and, then, and I wouldn't even say five, I would say, you know, eight, nine, ten Kids who are aware, so uh, heaven and hell is not about age. It's about maturity. It's about the the level that that person is in their mind. Do this person know right from wrong? Not only do they know right from wrong, but do they understand right from wrong? So we do understand that children can go to hell. We do understand that old people can go to hell. We do understand that young people can go to hell. We do understand that middle-aged people can go to hell. We do we do understand that anyone who decides to reject Jesus, anyone who who reject the word of God, anyone who reject the the spirit of God, anyone who who reject the knowledge of God, they they're not going to spend eternity with him. So so I am making that clear. That is a thing. God is not a respecter of a person. He doesn't care that that kid was only 12 years old. Were they evil? 
Did they not honor God? Did they not follow God and and how he does how he desired for them to? If they don't die in righteousness, they're not gonna spend eternity with the Father. So that's something to keep in mind as I am going through what the Lord was showing me as I was worshiping him today as as in um something that he wanted me to confront and ask for forgiveness for. So I remember as a child I I was only in second grade and I remember that I took the teacher's cell phone. I stole it. I stole the cell phone and now a second grader could be could be 7 or 8 years old. So I'm I think I believe I was 7 or 8 years old and and I was going to this elementary school back in the state that we moved from and I stole the teacher's cell phone and I stole the cell phone not because I needed it not because you know I understood what they really do I obviously at some age kids to know that you can talk and that you can text people but being seven years old there's nothing that I could do with a phone it was the foolishness that was bound in my heart at the time and so I stole the teacher's cell phone the day that I stole it, it was in aftercare. My mom, my mom, she came and she, no, 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 no. I wasn't living with my mom. I was living with my dad. My dad came, and he picked us up from school, and he dropped us off at home, and he went to work because he had a different shift. And as he was at work, you know, I'm home. I, I have the cell phone in my backpack. I, I had enough sense to put the volume down just in case if they decided to call it. And um, I, I took it out. And while my dad was at work, I took the phone and I destroyed the phone because I knew that in my in my seven-year-old mind, I felt like they could track the devices. So in my mind, I'm like, let me just get rid of the phone because I was scared. I took the phone. I didn't have anything to do with it. I just took it. It was it was something that was evil in my heart and I fulfilled the evil desire by acting on what was in my heart at that moment. So I took the phone, I destroyed the phone. The next day I came back to school, they took everyone in that class and they began to question us about the teacher's cell phone. And as they were questioning us about the cell phone, I began to feel so guilty. Like, I felt so guilty. I felt so convicted. I felt so, so bad because, like, I did it, but, like, I didn't like to get in trouble either. Like, I obviously was aware that things were bad. I knew that you should not take things that does not belong to you. Not only did I know that I shouldn't have taken something that did not belong to me, I also, you know, destroyed something that did not belong to me. So I went to school the next day and I was terrified. I was terrified. And in that fear, I I, I went to the principal. <laughs> I went to the principal and I said, hey, I know what happened to the cell phone. Jordan gave it to me and I lied because I was afraid. But but pride makes you afraid when you when you do something that you're not supposed to do and pride 
is the basis of, of lying. So because I was too prideful and too ashamed and embarrassed to say that I stole the phone and it was my, it was me. Because, you know, as a kid, you don't really know the depths. You don't know the depths. You just do things. And now you got to try to figure out, you know, the adults want you to tell them, why did you do what you do? And I, and I said, I know where the phone is. Jordan, you know, he told, you know, basically I just made up a little lie, made up a lie. And I said, Jordan took it and whatever whatever and they called the little boy into the office and he's like crying he's crying hysterically he did not take the phone i clearly know he did not take the phone but that let me off of the hook and i thought i was off of the hook i thought that everything was okay and then apparently they went to jordan's parents and they tried to locate that phone but they could not and they kind of concluded that he actually did not have it nor would nor did he take any part in it because you know adults are smarter than children children think that they know but they don't really know and we're going somewhere with this so just hold on for a little bit so the next day my dad corners me he's just like where's the phone and i started crying because i'm just like I'm, I, you know, I got rid of it. I, I broke it into many pieces. I kept slamming it on the floor in the, in the street, in the concrete, in my neighborhood. Like, cause I didn't want any, you know, I don't know why I did it. I just did it. Cause you know, children are evil and parents don't think that kids are evil, but kids are evil. And not only are kids evil, kids are uh, expression of their parents. So if children are acting a certain way, that's because the parents do those things or act in those ways, or the parents have spirits along those lines. So the the parent the parent may not may not go to the grocery store and steal items, but that parent may be a deceiver in information that they do, or they may lie on documentation to get more or to not have to pay as much as they would. So so that was where I was coming from and. I just remember that situation and I remember feeling so horrible and I remember just asking God to forgive me because I knew that that was bad. I did not have an awareness of church. I didn't I I mean I went to church from when my grand when my grandmother took us but I didn't have an awareness of God. I just knew that God could forgive sins and I'm like God forgive me, you know, forgive me, help me. And so all of that happened and then I had another situation where this girl left a $1 bill rolled up on her desk and I took it, you know, I took the $1 bill. I had another situation where someone had snacks in their lunchbox and I took it. And why am I, why am I talking about these things? Because I was only six, seven and eight years old doing these evil things. And a lot of times we look at our children and we say, oh, our children couldn't, they wouldn't, they shouldn't have had. They would never. And we treat them as if they're not capable of doing the same evil things that we are not doing. And that's where our diligence as parents and as big sisters and big brothers in the Lord come into pay, come into play. That's when it's important. That's when I have to be diligent about that thing. I have to be I have to be diligent. I have to I have to understand that no wickedness lies there. Wickedness lives in that child heart. Wickedness is there. They're going to do some messed up things. And I can't try to say that's not who they really are. I can't try to take up for that child. I can't say, well, you know, you know, no child is really perfect. And we, we all have those times in our lives where we've made bad decisions. And and I was reminded of that. I was reminded of those three encounters as I was in prayer. And the Lord reminded me of them because he wanted me to repent. 
He wanted me to repent for those things. That's why I'm making. That's why I was descriptive. That's why I was telling you what was the mood, what was the scene, what was happening in my mind, what was happening in my heart and in my emotions. I was an evil child. I was stealing from people. I was taking things not because I was in need. I did not need a cell phone. I did not need a one dollar bill. I did not need the snacks. But because evil was in my heart when I was that age, the Lord brought it into my mind. He said, "You need to repent for those things." Some people will say, you know, all things are passed away. Behold, he's made all things new. And that is true. Jesus Christ is making us, he's making us new. But there are some situations and there's some things that we've done in our past that we've not yet asked the Lord to forgive us for. But we've not yet asked for it because he probably just didn't reveal it. Because I think we all have those things in our past that we've done. We all have those areas in our life that that we you know we all have we all have those mistakes that we've made when we were children we said things we did things we went places we lied we stole we we did bad things we saw bad things as children god he doesn't care at the fact that you did those things he cared the fact that he needs to be able to present you faultless when you stand before these great men they don't need to be able to accuse you of anything you may say well you were six seven and eight that really doesn't count it counts because the lord says that it does god may let that person get off the hook god may not allow that god may intentionally not allow for that person to think about the the things that they used to do and and where they come from in their past experiences but to that person over there god may bring back every memory so that you could thoroughly go through and, and 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 confront the areas of sin because you don't understand that your experiences make up your identity who you are you like who you say you are it shapes your identity it shapes who you are it shapes it shapes how you think about yourself it shapes it, it it shapes what you say about yourself. If you were to give a description, a biography of 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 of, of who you are, an autobiography of who you are. If you were to give a, a explanation or a description or identification card of who you are, what will you say about yourself? You're gonna you're gonna judge yourself. Based off of your experiences. You're going to judge yourself based off of where you're from. You're going to judge yourself based off of what you like. You're going to judge yourself based off of those things. But you have to remember that your experiences, if you are not living a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness, are evil. Therefore, causing for your identity to have a foundation of evil and, and, and things that are unholy and things that the Spirit of God does not agree with. You may say, I don't steal anymore. You may say, I don't lie anymore. You may say, I don't, I don't put, put the wrong information you know, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be clear when I say I don't put the wrong information. There are individuals who are Christians who will lie on tax paperwork, who will lie on EBT, who will lie on social security, who will lie on unemployment. There are individuals who are Christians who will, who will give false information they may they may say that i'm not a liar but on paper document you are willing to come 
<clears throat> you are willing to compromise. You are willing to put half of the truth. You are willing to put what you think based off of lies. You're not willing to go all the way and be who Jesus wants you to be. Meaning being a true person of holiness, being a true person who is diligent, being a, a true person who's connected to God in every area and every aspect. Because as the spirit of God is bringing us higher, as he's drawing us closer to as as he's drawing us closer to him, he's doing a new work and the spirit of God is building. So imagine building a, a, a structure and imagine on the very foundation of that structure, it was made out of sand. Or imagine if, it, if if the structure of what you were building was made out of cards. Or imagine if the structure that what you were building was made out of jello or made out of something that could not stand. But you do have the knowledge to build something solid on top of that. Say that the Spirit of God is bringing you high levels of deliverance and freedom, but you're not confronting those parts of those parts. And, and this could be something for a new believer, and this could be something for an old believer because I've been serving the Lord diligently for years now. I've been consistently serving God. And these are situations that happened more than 15 years ago, more than 18 years ago. You know, these are situations that happened in my youth, situations that happened when I didn't even know about God, situations that happened before I was baptized. Yet the spirit of God is saying, you need to go back. You need to make sure that that cannot be held against you. That cannot be said about you. You got to understand because people may forgive you, but those demon spirits, they're watching you. They understand you when they try to put those thoughts in your head to, to, to lie or to be deceitful or to be ungodly in any way, shape or form. When they try to, in, in, when they try to, uh, instill and instill thoughts or important thoughts into your mind, then then you gotta you gotta know that that's a lie because the spirit of God has already freed you from those levels of bondage. We can't we can't be so above so beyond that we kind of forget that there's a that there are things that we've said, things that we've done, things acts that we've committed where we may have asked God to forgive us, but we didn't really think deep on it because we felt like it wasn't that bad. But you don't know that that shapes your identity, that shapes your character, that shapes your personality. And the reason why God didn't fix those certain parts of your character, personality, and identity is because you never went back and dealt with those areas. And I'm not talking about things that happened to you i'm referencing things that you've done words that have came out of your mouth actions that you've committed with your hands going back and dealing with those things so that you could be free through jesus so that you could be free so that when you worship there's actually legitimate change taking place so that when you shout there's actually things happening and so so that when you're jumping that you're breaking more than a sweat the spirit of God is bringing, I'm telling you, he's bringing high levels of deliverance. He's pouring out high levels of grace and restoration, and he's reconciling people back to him. He's drawing hearts back to him. He's making people understand that they're in need of a savior all over again, even though they feel like they have access to Jesus, but in their soul, they know that there's a, that there's a disconnection happening. He's literally drawing people hearts back to him. But he wants us to be diligent and do our part as well. He wants us to know how to go back and, and really deal with the things that we've done. The things that, you know, if, if it's like if you don't think about it, it's not a thing. But what about when you're not thinking about it? But what about when you're in deep worship? What about when you're in a deep mode of worship and God says, remember you did that? Remember you did that? 
I know that was before you got baptized. I know that's before you ever heard of me. But remember you did that. I can be prideful. I can say, God, how are you going to judge me for something that I did when I didn't even know you? God, how are you going to judge me for something that I did when I wasn't even baptized? My parents didn't teach me about you, Jesus. My father didn't teach you about you, Jesus. The school teachers, they didn't teach me about you. They taught me about Martin Luther King. They taught me about Joseph Stalin. They taught me about, uh, uh, what is her name? Harriet Tubman. They taught me about Rosa Parks. They taught me about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and James. And they taught me about all of these ungodly people, but they didn't teach me about you, Jesus. So how do you, how, how, how is it that you're going to require me to ask for forgiveness for something that I did out of foolishness and, and, and ignorance? And God is saying, listen, I don't want to hear that. I don't care who didn't teach you what now you know. See, people in this day and age, you're not going to be judged for what they don't know. They're going to be judged for what they know. They're going to be judged for the dreams that God, that God is giving them. They're going to be judged for the visions that they're having. They're going to be judged for the conversations that they overhear in the grocery store about God, but they were too prideful to submit. They're going to be judged for what they see, but they think that that's error and they think that that's wrong. So they shun it. But they want to continue to live lifestyles of sin and rebel against God and think that they're doing the right thing. And they think that they're going in the right direction, but they don't understand that there is a way that seemed right. And we know the rest. So as I was in prayer this morning, I, I, you know, I'm just like, God, you know, forgive me, forgive me for any, any suffering I caused that teacher. Forgive me. I didn't just steal God. I lied on an innocent child, on, a, on another innocent student. I, ha- I had that child's parents thinking that they were this way when they wasn't. God, forgive me. Forgive me for being that way. Forgive me for being evil. Forgive me for being foolish. And then I, I, I begin to bless God for sanctification and salvation. And I bless God for the love that he has for me, that he, that he'd be so willing to dig up the old areas in my life that I didn't really shine light on. Most of us are refusing to shine light on the dark areas in our lives because of fear and because of pride. You're afraid of what people are going to think about you if they know that you did those things. You're, you're, you, you're too prideful. You, you think that people shouldn't look at you that way, but you did those things. So people should treat you. <coughs> people should in the world. What we were raised to know. People should treat you like how you're acting. But in the kingdom, God says, I'm not going to even treat you like who you used to be because I love you. And love deletes. Love gets rid of. Love's, love erases. Love forgive. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is erasing the fact that that person just did something bad to you. But what I do also understand is that we forgive, but we don't forget. Because if you forget that the person is this way, then you are going to be a fool. You are choosing to ignore the fact that that person is that way. But as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we walk in levels of forgiveness. We walk in levels of forgiveness. That's for you and that's for people. I'm realizing another thing that the Lord was showing me as I jump off a little bit is that people are going to treat them like how you are. You don't have to acknowledge that you're this way. 
You don't have to acknowledge that you're a negative person. You don't have to acknowledge that you're a liar. You don't have to acknowledge that you're stubborn. You don't have to, you don't have to acknowledge that you, that you are ungodly or you're double-minded or you're two-faced. You don't have to acknowledge that. People are going to treat you like how you act and you, you look at them as if they're the antagonist. You look at them as if they're the ones that are coming against you, but you kind of are overlooking the fact that no, that person is a representation of you. You think that way. You view that way. You have that same mindset. You have those same perspectives. So when are you going to humble yourself? When are you going to humble yourself and say, you know what? I don't like the fact that that person does that, but to be honest, I do the same thing. It just doesn't look like that. It looks like this. Pride prevents us from being able to get work done in the spirit. We're not just going to church to clap our hands and to stump our feet and to shout and make a joyful noise. We're not just going just because the Bible says go. We're going because there's work that needs to be done. There's some intercession that needs to be done. There's some healing that needs to be done. There's some healing. There's some deep healing. There's some anointing that needs to be done. There's some prophesying that needs to be done. There's some releasing of of measures and, and, and ways of glory that needs to be released in the atmosphere. But because most go to church just to go to church, as one of the brothers said, as community service hours and not because they're fully devoted to the heart of Christ, they leave the same. Imagine if I would have just sat in church and the Lord brought up these experiences and these bad things that I did when I was a child. Imagine if he would have brought those things up and I would have said, that is not me anymore. Obviously, that is not me. I do know that the spirit of God is shaping me and he's making me in his image. But I also can't I also can't ignore the fact that I was an evil person and that evil person. I may not be hurt anymore, but I still have parts of my personality that reflect that version of me. And if I'm not diligent, then it's going to begin to flare up in other areas of my life or in or as I get older, I'm going to be able to see it manifest and play out. So I can't ignore when the spirit of God is speaking to me about me. This is how you make a healthy church. I, as I said earlier this morning in the, in the video that I made at 2 a.m., most are waiting for the pastors to come and tell them that they're evil and make them leave the sanctuary because the, the, the scripture says that sinners won't stand in the congregation of the righteous. But you don't understand that the spirit of God is shining every time you enter into the presence of God is not just about the church building. Every time you enter into the presence of God, he's like he has a flashlight and he's shining it on your heart. But a lot of times you're turning your back because you don't want to deal with those parts of you who you think you who who you think you are. You you don't want to deal with who you think you are. You, no, 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 no. You, you, you want to deal with who you think you are. You don't want to deal with who you don't know that you truly are. What I'm saying is there are things that God is revealing by his spirit and his presence to you first that are concerning with you. And if you can deal with them, then the spirit of God is going to bless you and keep you. But then there are other parts of our hearts that he's saying, Hey, you did this. This used to be you. Remember, remember, you weren't always that and you weren't as innocent as you present yourself to be. You weren't as innocent as people think you were. You weren't as innocent as you made your side of the story out to be. This is who you used to be. So confront that because that's why you do what you do today. That's why you talk the way you talk. That's why you act the way you act. That's why you assume the way you assume. Why? Because you still have parts of that nature, parts of the nature of the old man that are 
still embedded it in your soul. Why? Because we didn't physically change souls. We didn't physically change bodies. We became born again and made new. So what happens when you revive something? What happened when... What happens when you when you recreate the same thing? There's a word that that we use in the tech technological world where you could have a device that is not working anymore, but you refurbish it. Same device, just a few new parts. So you got to remember that you are the same vessel. You're the same vessel in which you were. The spirit of God is making you new. He's refining you, but you got to understand because you are the same parts, there could be, there could be some of the things that you've not yet dealt with. This message may not be for everyone because you could be diligent. You could been, you could have been one of the people that says, Oh no, I got to go all the way back and I got to deal with these areas of my life. But what about people who were like me? I'm passionately pursuing God. I'm I'm striving to obey him. But yet the spirit of God can highlight these areas in my life that I overlook because of, because it's just not that serious. It's not that big of a deal. It didn't cost so much, but you don't realize that it did. It do a lot. It's in your personality. It's in how you view, you know, it's showing up and you're not dealing with it. So as you are engaging in the spirit of God, you have to be open for what he wants to reveal to you. You guys are most people want to <clears throat> most people want to get attention. They want to be the one to to stand next to the pastor. They want to be the one to to prophesy. They want to be the one to interpret tongues. They want to be the one on the mic. And you don't understand that. How could God establish you in those positions if you're not dealing with the evil areas in your heart behind the scenes? How could God give you the mic? How could God put you on a platform? How could God establish you and 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 allow for you to be stable in His kingdom when you are built? with paper. You are built with jello. You don't have a solid foundation. God is not your foundation. Self is the foundation. Experience is the foundation. You don't trust in God. You trust in self and you believe in self. And although it seems as if you are pursuing God, he's speaking to you. And because you are disobeying his voice and regarding and not regarding his voice, he's going to stop talking to you. That's why old people, that's why most old people are the way that they are because God was trying to talk to them a long time ago, but they kept shunning him. They kept blocking out his voice. They kept acting as if they got it. They kept saying, that's not me. That's not me. God understands that that is not you anymore, but he needs to confront that that that's who you used to be. And, and the reason why you are who you are today is because you never confronted that that's who you used to be. We don't want to go 20 years into ministry and not confront the areas of sin that we could have confronted when we was only 25 years old, when we was 35 years old. We don't want to wait until we're 75 years old and we're stuck in our ways and the Lord has given us over to evil spirits because we did not repent. We refuse to repent. We refuse to ask God for forgiveness. We refuse to stop being carnal, stop being worldly, stop being devilish, stop being evil. We refuse those ways and we we decided that it wasn't that serious. It wasn't that necessary. Necessary. Oh, God is going to accept me as is. And you don't understand that God is requiring change and not just on the outer appearance because you could make your skirt a little longer and you could make your dress a little looser. But if you're not dressing the bed of your heart, if you're not confronting what lies in your heart, if you're not confronting the experiences that lies in your soul, you're still going to miss out. You are still not going to, you're not going to spend eternity with the Lord. 
You're not going to spend eternity with the Lord. So even in prayer, even in those, even in those place, those times of worship where it's just you and God, it's just you and God. You got to understand that I have to be diligent about that one thing. I am seeking after the Lord. And as I am seeking him, he's revealing himself. But before he could give me more, but before he can expose his private areas to me, before he can expose his private love to me, I got to commit to him, but I can't commit to him because I still have open doors to my past. I still have open doors to these ungodly things over here. And these things are separating me from the love of God. And that just can't be. I I can't be that way. I don't want to be evil. I don't care if I was six. I don't care if I was seven. I don't care if I was eight. I don't care if I was put into those situations to do evil. I don't care if that's what I saw on television. You are my God and I trust in you. And I know that you're working everything out for my good if I do what you tell me to do. But if I don't do what you want me to do, then things are not going to work out for my good. If I disobey your voice, then things are not going to work out for my good. And I can't try to figure out why these bad things are happening. I can't try to figure out why my life is not going in the right direction. I can't try to figure it out because I already understand if I disobey, then I'm not qualified. I'm not, I, I can't, I can't make it in because I still have these areas of sin in my life. So you have to Go deeper. You have to go deeper. Be willing to go deeper into the presence of God and allow for him to expose the air.